And all their fathers were hanged, and the children all got pink eyed. While their hairy books were burned. Do you have fun singing those songs? They're really depressing. I do. They're full of rich history. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Texas Pete. Chris, Texas Pete, do you enjoy it this weekend while watching the games? Uh, I did. <laughs> I did a lot. Um, it was it, like, I don't want to say it's the best thing to come out of Texas um, since sliced, I don't know what they have in Texas since sliced Dr. Pepper, but. Um, it uh text beats awesome it was great i put so what i did i i do this whole like there's not really a secret to it like i i i was gonna go to the store and then grill out a bunch of stuff but there's no grill at this new place i'm at like even like anywhere in the complex so i was like all right well i guess i'll just go get a bunch of fried chicken and douse it in texas pete and the way i said that makes it sound sad but it was oh so happy no it was great it was great how was your weekend uh, I was good, man. Uh, started off on Friday, crazy Florida State game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that was awful, dude. I mean, great that we won. I maybe the three most important players <laughs> on the team all got injured for the rest of the year, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, Travis listen, might be said, okay. You guys have had such a a long streak of not having any like terrible, terrible injuries. Um, oh, yeah, that yeah. would like ruin or dismantle an entire season or you right. know like so it's like it's it sucks that that injury bug finally caught up with you guys yeah um yeah oh, but yeah God. i watched that with a florida fan casey hampton my, my good buddy um that was a tough also i love i just love that like as rational and reasonable as you are like you had an instagram post today about like college tuition yeah, saving yeah. and and it, but like on game days I still saw I saw a tweet that was like that was like well it was fun while it lasted or some shit, some shit like that and they they ended up coming back it was amazing well I just meant the season I mean yeah. you know Travis goes down versus our best defender he's probably going to be out for at least most of the year starting left tackle goes down he's probably going to be out for the year it's like Jesus Christ we don't have a, we don't have depth so it's like those guys go down there's not great behind them um but it was good to get that win saturday last night uh the wife and i hosted a a party here with a bunch of couples in the neighborhood and things got rowdy we were we were throwing that hates me uh no um but yeah we were we were throwing around bets for the texas miami or texas a&m miami game live betting against each other um one guy ended up drinking way too much he was sweating his ass off uh it got real weird i had to carry him out of my house it's fun how that can you just listen just at me next time if you're gonna say that it was me <laughs> um that sounds like something i would do speaking of betting can i i just i'm gonna i, I reached out to my friend uh and listener of the pod lillian earlier who is just a, a fucking charm of a person sounds um, like a delight she is. She actually really. She's actually a really funny follow on on Twitter too. Um, I forgot her handle. Otherwise, I would I would throw it out there. I don't know if she wants me to do that. But um, she is is one of my favorite Georgia fans and one of my favorite people on here. And she uh, 
I sent her a text after the Tua comeback today. And she said, do you have something psychologically wrong with you where you need someone to tell you you're right or are you just annoying? And I was like, you know, it's definitely both. But in the theme of that, I think it's because I'm just not right that often. And so oh, far man. this year, I'm fucking killing it. <laughs> Did you? We like, yeah. like started with the Syracuse bet. What did I say about Syracuse? <laughs> you said they're going to go way over their win total randomly, and they're sitting here three and zero. Dude, okay. So here's the thing. I was. I don't know. Like, there are some things. Let's just let's get into this part for a second because I was thinking about this today. There's there's so many bad decisions that I've made in my life that I'm like, why the fuck did I do this? And I don't mean like I don't mean like impulse decisions. I mean decisions that I have in my head thought out and like, yes, at every point, every step of the way, I have not seen enough red flags to tell me to not do this. And then I'll do it. And then everyone around me is like, hey, don't hey, hey, don't do that. And then I do it. And it's, it, it, so, and I don't know why I do dumb things, but one of those dumb things was get behind Auburn for some unfucking known reason. I don't know why I've, I don't know why I was so hellbent on thinking that Auburn and Harson were going to be a thing. Cause I, I knew if, it, if it didn't work out and it's not going to, and we'll get into that later. I knew that I was going to enjoy like that. I was going to enjoy the fallout and the shit show that comes from that way more than I would have ever enjoyed them being good. Right. But I, but other than that, I'm trying to think of what else I might have said here. Like, I mean, the USC thing wasn't, I wasn't spot on about that. But, but I'm saying all this to say that I went fucking 14 and two in my picks yesterday, and I'm 28 and six in the year so far. Let's go. So, if you're not listening to, to the, the gambling advice, the picks, and all that kind of stuff in the weekly segments, the YouTube show, me and Tyler have, Tyler is always steady, Eddie. Like, you know, we're, I don't know what your what your record is or anything like that. I, I'm yeah, sure we, don't, we made... shouldn't talk about my record this year. <laughs> it'll, but at the end of the year, it'll be fine. That yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll make a big, yeah. big comeback. But if you're, uh, I, mean, I actually you know, had a buddy. Really... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I got a buddy that's in Vegas right now, and he was texting me for picks, and uh-huh. I was just giving him like some of the picks that I had made, and all the picks I gave him were right, which was great. But I got a lot yeah. more wrong, like personally, which yeah. sucks. There was. <laughs> It does suck. I like. I just. I was talking to um, Willie. I don't know why I always. I always want to say his name's Willie Randolph, but that that was like a second baseman for like the Mets in the eighties or some shit. Um, but Willie, uh, the Georgia I think he fan, was a manager at one point. Yeah, probably Willie so. Randolph. But but one of my favorite Georgia fans we have on here, and he's always in the live stream and all that kind of stuff. He brought up. He was like, "Man, I killed it on that Ole Miss bet." Because I remember even looking at the Ole Miss thing, and I was like. Am I stupid or are, they, are like all of these? Because I threw out like five bets in the first half, and 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 all of them hit. And, and then on top of that, I didn't even tell you this. I added a last second parlay, which was Ole Miss to score first, Ole Miss to cover the seventeen, and and or in and I'm sorry, to Ole Miss to cover the first half, Ole Miss to score first. Zach Evans to go over hundred yards, and Zach Evans to have a touchdown, and that all hit in like the fucking first seven minutes. So anyway, we can talk about all that. Um, more in the next pot. Hopefully we'll have a good week four as well. But uh, just week three in general, what were your favorite moments or biggest takeaways from the weekend? Because it was a pretty good day of football. Like, t- like start to finish, it was, it was fucking fun. Uh, I mean, I, I think the first takeaway you got to bring up is I, I think we both picked Auburn outright in we that did. game. Um, and, I, you know, I think that was obviously going out on the limb considering they were a home underdog. So you're just like, well – 
that's going against the trend of what Vegas thinks, but I think they could right. get it done. At at the very least, it'll be a close game. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, it's just never been more clear that I don't even know if he makes it through the year. Harson. He won't. He won't. And you know what? I still I still have a lot of feelings about that in terms of and, and I do I, I will admit that I think a lot of it is is probably stemming from my dislike from Auburn from like a fan perspective and like, like purely from a rival standpoint. Like I, I respect Auburn and the fans and I'm friends with a lot of like Auburn fans personally and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, and like, but what they did to Brian Harson is just, it's just so weird. I want to get into that a little bit more later. Cause it's like, I don't want like right off the top talk about how negative it is, but it just, I, I just don't understand. He's, he's, he's obviously gone. If you've talked to any beat writers, like we talked to Hokinson last week, who was on there and we've had, you know, uh, like like the, he has he has zero support like like and, yeah. and this is being said in the media from people that like like they already fired the ad who hired him and in what's weird about that is that's the first time in a very long time maybe ever where that little like inner circle of good old boys and boosters with jimmy rain and all them didn't make the hire they they finally got got like vetoed and because mm-hmm. they were so far fucking out of control with everything that they were like, the ADs, we're going to let the AD actually do his job, make the hire. And the AD hired Brian Harson. And it's just, it's just weird to watch like how. It just felt like from the beginning, it was never going to work out, even before he ever coached. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, I, I just, I, I honestly, I feel bad for him because I don't, I'm not. I don't watch Boise State football enough to know whether or not he's a good coach. I, there's a lot of stuff. Well, not, not that I don't know whether he's a good coach or whether or not that like it's this big of a colossal failure here at Auburn. It is a failure, but and 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 there's some stuff that happened yesterday that's inexcusable from him. Um, but it just it's still it's still like I I just I don't get it. I I don't, I don't understand how like I just don't understand why you bring somebody in and if you if you really take a step back too and think about just the roller coaster that it's been, it's so fucking weird to watch. Like you're. You're trying to fire him in year one, and all and all of that happens from boosters being mad about whatever. And then you had this rumor about him having an affair that that was completely made up just so they could find the leak inside of their own inner circles. And then so then they find out that it's just the boosters making up all this shit. So then Auburn has to do this whole PR thing of like, wait, 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 wait. Let's step what? back. I did not know this part about the this. What what was the part about finding a leak? I unless I am misremembering the information that I had I got from like and all of that was everything that every bit of information that I got from one of our listeners who is a has is a very good source and, and like he was spot on with everything that he said except for Harson getting fired. But like mm-hmm. they started looking into Harson's all of his stuff because they were trying to get him fired for show cause or like not having to pay like the, the buyout. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're trying to, that's why they, they, they dug up the only, that's the only way they found any of the fucking verbal abuse type shit and the, and the stuff in the locker room. It was, it was on, they, they like fumbled or like what do you call it? Stumbled upon that. Like, it wasn't like, like they were, they were trying to dig up as much dirt as possible. And then what ended up happening because one of the boosters showed up in his office while they're doing bowl prep. And he's like, get the fuck out. Like I'm like, I'm yeah. working. And the guy got upset about it. So from my understanding, this entire thing that they made up was 
was not only in hopes that he would get fired, but but almost more so in hopes of, all right, we know somebody's leaking information to either the administration or the press or whatever. We're going to start this rumor and find out like, like from, from my, from what I take, like the main point of that rumor being started was so they could find the the leak in their own inner circle of fucking dysfunction. And then, and then him getting fired was just like a, Oh, okay. It's like a cherry on top. And maybe like either way, I there's, there's, that's insane. I really want to start this show. I want to start this show with like, my main my main focus after yesterday, and it sounds so stupid and cliche and like and, and like happy go lucky, but how fucking great is college football and and what we saw yesterday, man? There's a, there was moments yesterday where I just just seamless transition out of <laughs> out of marital infidelity <laughs> rumors and 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 the shit show in Auburn, but there was some stuff that happened yesterday that I thought like it just it made me so happy and, and why this sport is so great, like. And two things I was going to bring up. One, Clemson Clemson playing Louisiana Tech. And I don't know if you saw this story, but Louisiana Tech um, players, Brian Breesey, who is a defensive tackle for uh, for Clemson, is a junior there. He's like one of the, like, might have been the best or top overall recruit in the country coming out of high school. Yeah, he was. He lost his sister to cancer like a week and a half ago. And every single player on Louisiana Tech's team wrote him a personal letter and his family a letter like with their condolences about that loss. I, that is like. That's cool. I have goosebumps now, like talking about like that, that's so fucking cool. And then, so App State just continues to fucking like tug on the heartstrings of sports fans in America everywhere. I didn't know that they. I forgot they lost to UNC, <laughs> so they're, they're <laughs> only two and one. But they they host game day. But they almost beat UNC though. Yeah, I know. They have they host game day, and they've become this awesome feel good story because it's like you you know. Obviously, the App State stuff that happened with against Michigan will live like forever. And then you have this situation with AM, and then you get to host game day, which they put on this. And, and I don't know how many times we have to see this before. Maybe we just start, stop fucking go. Don't, you know, just don't go to fucking Tuscaloosa for game day anymore. Just don't. Like the signs are going to be one, grammatically incorrect for sure. And two, they're not going to be that funny. And, and, they're, and fans like Bama fans are so over it. You see this shit at App State or these smaller schools and they have game day there and they fucking, the town explodes. And they, and they keep talking about it on game day. It's like, I don't think you guys feel like the energy. There's people on trees and it's all this other shit. The signs were, were awesome. Luke Combs comes in and he like, is like an actual good football like guy that like, like you know, is like really passionate, loves it. They end up as a 12 point favorite, find themselves down with two seconds left after scoring with like a minute and a half to go. And they throw a Hail Mary and it's like five yards short of the end zone. And somehow they catch it and then run it in for a touchdown as time expires. And they, they win in dramatic fashion again. I Tyler, what is cooler or, or more ridiculous in that moment? The fact that Chase Bryce threw that touchdown or the fact that this fucking dude <laughs> quarterback so who just threw was helping people down from the stands. Yeah. How about how how is he still in in the in college football? Yeah, yeah, that's a Benjamin Button situation for sure. Or Jack, uh, Dude, he was they, Trevor Robin Lawrence's Williams backup at Clemson, and then he also played <laughs> at Duke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just could not get over. I I can't wrap my head around how good of a person you have to be to throw a game winning touchdown pass in a in a football game of like you know 
physicality, masculinity, and all this. And then he runs to the stands. And as people are flooding and like and and running on the field, he's helping them down. <laughs> like it just I just I don't know. College football is just so fucking great, man. It's so fucking great. Dude, so he, I, um, yesterday was awesome. I'm pretty sure he's also married. That makes sense. Maybe not. Do you think when I he got home, his wife was like pissed that he was like that he was like like why were you helping that girl down from the stands? Like I, Most part of me, the petty part of me hopes that he had to go home and suffer like a stupid, a stupid fight for nothing. Um, um, no, yeah. Awesome, speaking of that, you know, speaking of game day and like going to a place that's not traditional, I think they should have gone to damn Lawrence, Kansas this weekend because it's three and O Kansas versus three and O Duke. And while you might be laughing at that, I am Kansas has never had, it's one of eight schools that they've never been to. Well, have they been to Duke? Like, like done like a Kansas game. Like yeah, well, they've done a Kansas, done a Kansas game. game. They've done a Kansas game. They haven't done it at Kansas. Yeah. They so, did Kansas Mizzou at, at, at uh, Arrowhead Stadium because I always say it's my favorite sign ever when they had Mark Mangino's fat face and then somebody held up a cupcake next to it and just kept slamming it into the side of his face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, uh, it, it can't, yeah. so Kansas is good. I get, I guess. Like yeah. this is Lance Leopold, one of the top ten we were, coaches in the country. <laughs> we made fun of that so much. PFF ranking him. Well, I mean, like to be fair, PFF did rank him number nine in the country because he had the most wins in at after two thirty p.m. Central Time when an air yard uh, pass was thrown by your mom. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's like some, there's some cool storylines. And I tell you what, as much as we shit on like the, the, the like, you know, expanding the playoff and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like college football. It's very early, but college football just feels better this year in terms of like, there's more parity. I mean, Arizona State just got beat by, I some directional school. Who was it? Eastern, uh, Eastern Michigan, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and Herm Edwards got fired. Yeah, but I mean, like, it just feels like, seen that like coming. George is, is obviously the most dominant team in the country. Bama and Ohio State are good, and, and Clemson and Oklahoma and all that kind of stuff. But it just feels like college football is better this year. And there's like, there's like so many good storylines so far. But let's, let's get into the other storyline. That's actual games um, and kick that off because uh, we talked about it <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Auburn, uh, down bad after yesterday um Auburn Penn State it so you know I I literally I thought about this today when I was driving to go um get some Sunday hangover food and I I started laughing at the thought of Auburn fans so Auburn fans have like they really went into that game with this mindset and so did we to be fair okay but like I've like I've done stand-up shows like this, or maybe you've done this in college where you just was like, you know what, man? Like I I I know what's on this test. Like I'll I'll figure it out. Like, like I've said to myself before, like, I don't need to, I don't need to go over like a, a set list or topics or rehearse my set. Like, I'm funny. I'll just show up and be funny. And Auburn fans really showed up <laughs> to a nationally televised game against a top 15 team that beat you a year ago and just thought, we're going to win. Because we're gonna wear a, we're gonna. You have never seen this much fucking orange in your life, Penn State. You, you've. I can't even fucking begin to tell you the level of orange this is gonna be. You think this like? I'm talking about on a level between the sun and a fat Tennessee fan. 
I, I, it's you have never seen this much fucking orange, and then and just elbow grease, and that's what's going to get them through it. And it <laughs> nah, <laughs> let's be honest. They thought they would win, and we thought they would win because yeah, it's the Big Ten versus the SEC, and you don't come down down to the SEC in yeah. the stadium. I still think if it was a night game, it would have been a, a different, maybe a different outcome. It just seems such a weird three thirty game. Still, I still think that's weird. Eh, um, but uh, yeah, there's just that kind of superiority complex like yeah we we should be able to take down a big 10 team at home we took them down you know last year up there no, they lost we'll do it again year. this year they lost hmm? them last year they lost to him last year oh yeah yeah sorry sorry but it was a close game like bo nicks almost like bo nicks it up to winning that game and they yeah. were under they were um so it's just like i don't know you know i i think that there was kind of some of that and maybe just some of like sean clifford's like not that good you know and uh yeah it didn't matter in this game because penn state ran for 245 yards on the ground and singleton the, that freshman running back that that penn state has is good beast. yeah no and, and and so we owe an apology to some of these fans too that we got a couple of penn state fans some of my favorite people on here sean patrick's one of them he's been an og from like listener from the beginning uh our buddy mike mike Siscano, and and like hats off penn state like I, hey, listen i i penn state is i hate what happened with all the terrible shit from like a decade ago i'm not gonna get into it but like that's it's it's outside of that it's really hard to dislike that program right like with like the classic uniforms and the fans and the stadium and all that kind of shit like is that okay um but i will say going into this game i definitely and then you saw it early too you had a big hit on clifford in the first uh first quarter and i remember posting it on scs and i was like yeah this ain't fucking purdue sean like and all that Penn State did, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect two things to happen, and that was this. I didn't expect Auburn to get fucking ran through like an IG model in fucking Turks and Caicos, and I also did not expect Auburn or Brian Harson. This is my biggest reason I didn't think that he was going to be in trouble this year. And I've said this before. I was like, you know, when it's fourth and one at South Carolina a year ago, I think this year he understands you got to give Tank Bigsby the ball. You don't play action pass with TJ Finley. Why? I don't know how the quarterback, I can't imagine the quarterback room being that bad that TJ Finley is, is your guy like a, a, a QB. And I thought Robbie Ashford looked like good at times too, but who's the best, who's the best player on Auburn's team? Tank Bigsby. Why the fuck does Tank Bigsby have the same amount of total touches as, as TJ Finley had rushes? Why does he have nine carries in this game? And two, and like this is a this is this is a game where it's very, very simple. And that is you have you have a fucking thoroughbred in your in your backfield. And you also have Jarquez Hunter, who's also very good. That's your game plan. You don't and and and, and not even because there's a weakness from Penn State or that like that those guys are so overwhelmingly good that you that you can exploit something. It's because that's also all you got. There's nothing fucking else that Penn state has or that Auburn has that like makes you. I, I, what are we doing? Well, yeah, we said when we previewed the game, I said, you know, Penn state where they're vulnerable on defense is running the ball on them. They've actually got a pretty good secondary, uh, you know, guys like Joey Porter's kid and things like that. And you could beat Penn state by keeping it on the ground keeping your defense off the field and they did the opposite of that i just they slung it all over I, the, the lot 
Well, and, and I will say too, there's a problem here at Auburn that is partially because of Gus Malzahn still even going into year two. And it's kind of some of the Jimbo situation, which is the biggest thing on Gus was he never, ever, ever developed a quarterback and he never developed anybody in the offensive line. And he never signed great offensive linemen. That's something Auburn fans talk about all the time. They, they Penn state was credited with 36 QB hurries yesterday. Jesus. 36. Good Lord, man. They, it, Ashford and Finley were both pressured on like over 50% of their total dropbacks, like 24 of like, like 38 or something crazy like that. So they're, they're back there running for the life. And, and one of those guys is actually a, a good enough athlete and fast enough that he can, he can, you know, move around a little bit. But I tell you the biggest thing, like I, I think I saw something today where where Auburn's had a, a turnover in every game in the Brian Harson era, and, and part yeah. of that is that's obviously an issue. But Brian Harson's not throwing the interceptions, and Brian Harson's not not fumbling the ball or anything like that. But but you look at the numbers, man. Fuck, it, they had two interceptions yesterday, and I believe they had a couple of fumbles. Yeah, they had four uh, turnovers yesterday. They had four turnovers, and that so that's eight on the year through two games. And, and they they so themselves good. have zero turnovers on defense, right? Still through three through three yeah. total games, yeah. that's almost impossible to do. Yeah, especially when you're playing Mercer and San Jose State, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, there are some very big problems I think at Auburn that I I I just kind of thought that maybe like you know because it's Auburn like they're they're always they're gonna they're always gonna do something right like you know, but. There are some like some there, there were obviously cracks in the foundation from there from Auburn in terms of like an administration or like like foundational support standpoint, like from like the boosters situation and, and all that kind of shit. There's so much dysfunction involved in that, pro, like everything surrounding that program. Yeah, not, they don't even have a plan at QB like right Finley's in for half the plays. Ashford's in for half the plays. After the game, Franklin said, essentially, I mean, it's as damning as a comment as you can make on a kid without being like straight up direct he about sucks. it. He was like, our game was we were going to make Auburn one dimensional. We wanted to figure out a way to make Finley beat us. And that's what we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like it, it, and they scored it 12 wasn't going to be hard to figure it out, but that's the blueprint for everyone because he hasn't yeah. ever been able to do that. And, and you know, I, I don't. I don't know what happened to Zach Calzada. I don't, but, but at some, at some point you really got to do some soul searching here because I mean, Harson is gone and I don't know when that's going to happen and, and where, where it goes from there because he wasn't recruiting really well for even next year at certain positions, but like, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre to see how quickly this thing has turned into a negative. I mean, like, they, like, because you you start dating stuff like the last year, and now that you've you've lost seven of your last nine, which is bad. Yeah, they've lost what? What's the stat I just saw? They've lost five straight games to Power Five programs. Is that it? Yeah, fifth straight loss to a Power Five team. Right, and so. they didn't have a lead in this one, which is good. But I mean, like you know, I I just it was it almost reminds me of like a like an aging boxer or something where it's like man. Or like a Conor McGregor type fight or something like that. When it's like, well, you know, like like maybe that's not a good. I don't, I don't fucking understand UFC, so that's probably not the best example. But like, it, like a boxer that comes out is like, yeah, man, like you know, a, a big name, and they've they're they're fighting one more time, and it's like, well, yeah, are you in great shape? No, 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 I'm significantly fatter than I was before. 
and I did not train as much. And I, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit slower than I used to be too. Or like, do you, this is a kind of a deep cut, but you were like, do you remember when, <laughs> like Guns N' Roses, <laughs> like, like decided to come back and start touring after like fucking 15, 20 years of not touring. And then Axl Rose, who's like this like long, gin, long haired, like ginger dude, front man, like badass. And then he was like old and fat. And they were like, ooh. No, that's what it looked like. It was just like, they, okay. It's <laughs> just like, that's what it looks like. It's they just kind of, they just kind of showed up. And I think they thought showing up was going to be enough to win. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Auburn hosts Missouri this weekend. Game tell you sucks. what, if that game is close or if Missouri somehow wins that game, I think that'll be the, the game that they fire Harson. You, um, you know, at this point too, I think that the, I think it's so blatantly obvious. I think that like, I posted the Drake gif yesterday where he's like when what's his name got hurt in the nba finals he's like no man no like when kd hurt it, like yeah, that's yeah. that's every auburn booster they're just like no we're losing fuck thank god yeah anyway right. let's go talk about some other programs. yeah i can't imagine the energy of that team's gonna be high on saturday for a no. fucking noon game against Missouri. i'll tell you another fan base that's never been high texas Bandy. a&m <laughs> Shout out Vandy, by the way. They eclipsed the two and a half uh, season win total already. Three and one three. Vandy coming into Tuscaloosa this weekend. Love it. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. talk A&M Miami. Um, if this just wasn't a battle of fucking offenses that just make you want to fall asleep. Um, well, Miami was averaging 50 points per game coming in. But they played Bethune-Cookman in Southern Miss. I, I think it's I think it's Beth. Barcelona, yeah. But this was kind of so. This was the, this was the knock on Mario, like very good recruiter, um, yeah. Develop really good developer of the O line, but in big games, his offense kind of turtles. And I actually saw you turtles. know that guy Quincy Avery, who's like the QB guy. He was like Fields's guy, like, and he was yeah, yeah. on this like national. So he tweeted out something about how. Um, like any OC that works under crystal ball ultimately gets kind of like his legs chopped out from under him because crystal ball takes over in big games and gets really conservative. Um, that's kind of what happened here. Now they had a lot more yards than Texas A&M did. Um, yeah. I saw a stat today and I'll have to go look it up to see exactly what it was, but they had Miami had 27 first downs in this game and no touchdowns. That's and it was like the first, it was like the first, I'll find the link, but what were your thoughts on this game? So honestly, not unexpected from what we saw or what we like, we kind of went over in terms of, um, what do you call it? Uh, from a, like Jimbo Fisher after a loss and stuff like that and playing in Kyle field and, and from, and rave reviews, by the way, from Miami fans about how great Kyle field was and the A&M fans, all that kind of stuff. So hats off to them. Um, because a I mean, A&M fans have been through it. We put them through it. We've said a lot of stuff and, and, you know, they've been, they've had a target on them for sure. And so and it was, so like genuinely it's good to see them kind of have like a, a moment of like positivity um, from after this weekend. Cause if they would have lost, I honestly probably would have felt bad <laughs> because of like where it was going to go with that. Yeah. Um, like Zach, the Zach and Kip probably would have had to change like transfer schools. So they would in the transfer portal yeah. to the next place where they could wear overalls and, and do jazz hands. But um, like, I, so the defense is really. I know. We, I know we don't want to pile on A and M, but the uh, yell video that came out about Miami was just 
even more cringe than the last week. Wait, what are you talking about? I live streamed it from here, from our account. I know I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying I don't want I don't mean to pile on, but it was I don't well the Yell review I didn't. See, I don't remember this. I don't remember anything. I've had. I turned it off before anything even happened. I thought. Oh, you mean at the end when he refused to make jokes about it? No, just whatever, the jokes whatever. that he did make. Yeah. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so but no. So I, like A and M's defense. What was surprising to me, like, it, the it, there's a lot of ineptitude that was going on. I feel like with Mario Cristobal and maybe overthinking it and and shit like that. Like they they have the athletes. Those athletes like they look good in a lot of ways. What I was surprised on was. Did he did he run the ball on third and six or third and goal from the six yard line with six minutes left and then settle for a field goal? Like what Maybe do we? He did. I don't understand that at all. And it was like, and that was to make it seventeen to nine. I don't. It just the coaching there it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because like if you if you had a quarterback like you know we just talked about T.J. Finley or these like are turnover prone quarterbacks that makes sense if you don't want to risk a turnover in the end zone, but. By all means, like you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and it I don't, you know, it, like he didn't have like you know his his typical three hundred yard passing game or wasn't like crazy efficient like from a completion percentage standpoint. But I don't I just didn't I didn't get that move. But I, you have to also credit A and M and and like how good that defense was and how they were able to block out the noise and the fact that you know you lost you lost six players the morning of that game that that missed curfew or some shit in in college station like uh, maybe it was like night four and it was like some big names like you know i mean like evan uh who's the receiver stewart the yeah the freshman he was out like in like six players that i think were all expected to be contributors at some level at that during that game I, I could be wrong about that but i mean like a lot of adversity from that that team that they were facing after last week and they rose above it dj jurgen and the defense i mean you shut out i, I don't know how you look at the numbers and, and they like, it's not, I don't, I mean, Van Dyke threw the ball 41 times. He had 217 yards passing. How's that possible? But it's okay. So this is one thing I will say. That's what I was, that's the stat I brought up beforehand is, is Texas A&M is, is third in the country going to this game in yards per attempt for, from a secondary a defensive back standpoint. Like they were only allowing 3.9 yards per attempt, which is crazy bad. Miami was averaging 10.0 per game coming in and I know that I know who they played, but that's still like anything over 10 is a, is very, very, very good. Um, at the same time, I'm not trying to be negative about A&M because it's a big win. It's a very good win. Like it's a top 15 program. I have a lot of concerns about the offense still because this is a defense that they were facing. I brought up the yards per attempt thing and I, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me. I can get it. Give me like two seconds. Um, but when you talk about AM, AM's secondary was giving up. I brought up the yards per attempt thing. Texas AM ranked third. Miami was ranked 105th, and they were giving up eight and a half yards per attempt through the air. That's not like what, like to have Max Johnson still be as every bit of middle of the road. Like this is this is what a Jimbo quarterback is right now, and I don't get it. Like it, like everyone has become Zach Calzada. Everyone, and not the one good Cal, Zach Calzada. I mean, 51% completion percentage, 100 something yards, and that's it. Yeah, I, I, um, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, just the, the 
amount of time you got to be a, a savant on the field to really excel as a quarterback in Jimbo's offense and yeah you, know, you just don't come across that uh, especially you know at this level there's there's not that many guys and 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 if you don't have a first round guy like QB it seems under Jimbo like your your offense will be pedestrian and yeah good for them for feeling a really good defense um mm-hmm. Shout out to the crowd after all the beatings they took over the a week. You know, they had 107,000 people, the third largest crowd in Kyle yeah. Field history. Largest non-conference game ever there. So fans showed out. And, you know, Jimbo said after the game, he's like, uh, you know, they asked if it was kind of like a shot in the arm for them. He's like, yeah, we couldn't afford to take a shot the other way. Like, we had to win this game. Yeah. They knew that. You know, a lot of... Jimbo was back against the wall. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the the whole thing. I mean, he was, you know... It was, it was, uh, he's 11 and three now at, at AM following a loss. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I was very, like, I, I again, like AM, especially under Jimbo, and Jimbo Fisher is an offensive coordinator and an offensive mind and a QB guru and all that kind of shit. There's not anything that's happened in his six years there that, like, like if you if you told a stranger that didn't know anything about Jimbo Fisher that he was a defensive coordinator, and then looked at the numbers, be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. From what he's done at A and M, it's just been it's that's just it's just bizarre. So, anyway, but, uh, but a huge we, win. Yeah, yeah, huge win. Before we move on, I forgot to play voicemails from the last game. Oh shit! We didn't get any we didn't get any voicemails for this game, so. Um... I'll play a couple of the ones that we got from some Auburn fans, and then we'll move on to a new game. So let me bring this up for us real quick. Um, all right. Let's do it at the end. Oh. oh, good. Are you ready? Let's go with this one. Chris, Tyler, you are the sole reason. I look forward to Sundays after an Auburn loss. We win. Watching this game just brings me great agony. Watching your family play. I, I don't know what else to say. I guess the only thing good that came out of the day was South Alabama took UCLA to the wire. But other than that, this is a complete fucking dumpster fire. Anyway, you two are awesome on the podcast. Can't say that enough. Uh, I'll be tuned in for Sunday show, hopefully. Hey man, appreciate you calling in. Uh, we didn't do the lot. We're not live tonight, so if you tune in live, normally um, we're not doing the Sunday show live, but it is Sunday night. So appreciate you tuning in Monday when this releases. Yeah, man. I you know obviously Auburn fans are are definitely disappointed after that one. Um, but hey, you know there's always uh, coaching hot seat season, which is always fun. You know when you're hiring a new coach, that'll be coming up for you guys soon. So. Um, here's another Auburn guy, and then we'll move on. <laughs> what a dick. Well, Uncle Chris and uh, Brother Tyler, well, or Tyler or T Hooker, if I can call you Brother Tyler, I'll just go with that. Uncle Chris and Brother Tyler. Either way, Auburn getting the shit kicked out of them and all real bad by Penn fucking State and all that. Uh, I thought they were supposed to be somebody show up in the field and avenge what happened last year, but nah, well, what the fuck are you going to do? Either way or no way, um, you you guys had uh, fired me up into a frenzy to to wager uh, uh, more than a substantial <laughs> amount of money on 
uh, Vanderbilt to cover Let's go. Uh, the two point five wins over. Uh, and I made I made that um, I made that wager, and I I, I just noticed they won three games, and I wanted to thank you fellers, and uh, hope y'all have a wonderful evening, and win, lose, a draw, <laughs> war damn eagle, be well. Hell yeah, dude, that's awesome. And that is what a fucking roller coaster that was, because when he said I you fired me up into a frenzy to wager a substantial amount of money, I was like, fuck, he bet on oh, Auburn, yeah. didn't he? That was smart. <laughs> yeah. That was good. It turns good. out he uh, he wagered on Vandy over two and a half wins, like we told him to do. Yeah, cashed three games into the season or four, I guess, as they played week zero. Yeah, um, that's you know what awesome. we got to do. We talk about this off air, and I always overthink everything about about like the show and 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 structure of it. We just got to play the fucking voicemails at the very beginning. It's the best part of the show. It is, which doesn't it say is. a lot about us. Uh, but no, no, not at all. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's talk to the about the massacre that occurred in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. I haven't seen that much of a beatdown and and just like like physically harming it, it, like to happen in like Colombia since fucking Pablo Escobar. That is, they were that was awful, incredible performance like historically good performance statistically from georgia yeah so there's a couple things here um beamer clearly frustrated after the game media you yeah. know asking to throw some quit he didn't like that brock bowers is an absolute animal yeah i mean that dude I, he he's not even eligible for the draft after this year and i'm pretty sure he could just leave right now and be one of the top tight ends in the league i Okay. Um, I don't know enough about tight end play to really have an opinion on that. But I will also say, and this is deterring from how great he is, because he's great. He's he's good enough that, like, or, like, this Georgia team's good enough and Munkin's good enough. I think if they wanted to highlight a single player, like, once a week, they could do exactly what they did with Bowers yesterday. Like, the play he had the 76-yard touchdown on, like just where he just ran like up the fucking seam. That play was like somebody got injured for South Carolina, and they brought in like a third string safety. And the first fucking thing Munkin and Stetson did was like, "Hey, do you see that?" He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Just fucking go right at him." I mean, they are fucking ruthless. They, they like Georgia. I'm, looks I'm pretty like sure we had pirates. this unless I'm having deja vu. I'm pretty sure we had that same conversation last year. Yeah. I think that's that's this is just the mo of Georgia. They're just they're just here to just kill your entire team and your family. It is it is it is, it, is, it is like however you want to phrase it. It is the most they they just take away your fucking spirit physically, mentally, emotionally, maybe even religiously. At this point, I would be I would be like you have, like some of these programs that, that, that they're going to run through are going to be questioning if God's real or not, and I would too if I had to I, go face. I'm telling you, dude, I saw a look in Shane Beamer's eye at one point during that game, pacing the sidelines. They were probably down 30 to nothing. Yeah. And I thought I saw in his eye in that minute him questioning, you know what? I'm never going to be able to win in this league at this school. I don't see. I don't know. To that point, to the point, like he's never going to like if he has this aspirations of winning a title. Not going to happen at South Carolina. Not with Georgia, I, like the way they're in their current form. Not with a rising Florida, 
a rising Tennessee. You're battling, and Kentucky's really good too. They're a top ten team. Yeah, you're battling with Mizzou and Vandy right now for fifth in the East. Okay, hold on. It's 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 three games in, and he has a lot of work to do. And I don't think you're necessarily this same wrong. shit happened last year. I didn't see any of that. They won, and then they won and beat Florida, a rising Florida team that just barely beat South Florida, who's garbage. But like, but I will say, well, Florida fired their coach, so I wouldn't say they were rising at that point. But the the look in his eye, in my opinion, is yes, sir, is thinking that like anybody, and maybe Nick Saban included, is going to compete with Georgia year in year out, and it's very early in the year. And, and these are, but you saw a reaction on Saturday that a lot of people, I said this in fucking April and I said it more so of like a, man, I really hope this doesn't happen, but you kind of see the wheels turning and how, how this is unfolding. I said it a while ago and I got laughed at, (laughs) like literally laughed at, which was this Georgia team might be better than the year before. And the, and the main reason is because of all the offensive weapons they have and how dominant they're going to be. The defense is still just as salty and just as good. They also play in the SC East, which is not the SC West, and, they, and, and their schedule is easier than any other team in the conference this year, and it probably will be next year now that they lost Oklahoma. Like, and that's not their fault necessarily, but what we're going to see from Georgia this year is just a fucking – pillaging of programs in this they are going to take anything they want and they're going to do anything they want to your football team at will they they don't have a weakness they don't have a weakness like kirby's cholesterol might be the biggest fucking concern on this team and i like i i don't even know what that is it might be fucking great you see he's still an athlete he still has like a fucking 40 inch vert like georgia what Georgia's doing to teams, I remember I remember watching a game, the Bama Georgia game 2003, where Bama had like they injured their like the starting two quarterbacks, and it was so bad that the third string quarterback had to run. They they dislocated both shoulders for each quarterback that Bama had. <laughs> so so the the third stringer had to run to the sideline in between plays to get like to to get the play calling because they couldn't raise their arms to lift, like to do the plays. I was the most helpless feeling I've ever had watching a football game. Cause there just, you just knew that you you're in the second quarter and there's just no fucking way you're going to have a chance. You don't, you not only don't have a chance to beat Georgia yet. They need to do like a fucking running clock or do 30 minute games. Cause it is going to be, this is what we saw on Saturday. It's going to be like this for, for another nine games, possibly 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Missouri, Vandy, <laughs> they get Georgia no, they Tech. Get, they get both of them at home. <laughs> I mean, they get all three of them at home. I had a lot of uh, a lot of my neighbors that were over last night are George, like big Georgia fans, and I was just and I don't even say this to be. I say because of Georgia's talent and how far away it is from everyone in the East. Yeah, Georgia has the easiest schedule. Yeah. They've, they've, but they also have the easiest schedule. And, like and I don't, I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to take away from. It doesn't mean I don't think they're good, and like that's the only reason that they're likely to go undefeated because it's not. Their no. schedule is so easy because they're that much better than every team on their schedule because they've out recruited mm-hmm. these other teams. Florida, you know, especially have a chance to recruit just as well as Georgia if they really want to. 
Mm. Georgia has got to the point where they're so much more talented than almost every team in the country, probably they, they are. Probably are. Um, that now pretty much the the East, there's just no chance. This no, is just not. the beginning. And so but this yeah, is how you I, follow like, it up, man. This is how you follow it up if you're Kirby Smart. You know, you always worry. Well, I, I maybe not everybody, but like for me, be, you know, what from what I experienced with Jimbo at Florida State is after that 13 team, I was like, my God, we got all these guys coming back next year. We lost some people, but like he Jimbo was never able to sustain that. Like he got it going for yeah. one year and then it crumbled. And that was the one thing like we haven't seen from Kirby yet. You reach the pinnacle, you win it. Now, can you be what makes Saban so great is you follow that up with another badass season. Yeah. And three games in, if you're a Georgia fan, you got to be really happy with the results. Yeah, I think they definitely are. Um, I will say, and they should be, they should be because this is the best team in the country and it's not in particularly close. And it, it is like, I, I, I again, and I, I, w- I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. And in the one glimmer of hope, I think, that you have if you're like another fan base. And that Ohio State is very, very good. And Ryan Day is a great offensive mind. And the, and the play schemes and, and all that kind of stuff, the offensive, offensive schemes are next level. And that'll be a great matchup in the national championship. Like, I I, I think I would probably change my prediction today from, from when I originally said Ohio State. The other thing is, too, I did, I did say we saw a level of dominance last year, especially on defense, where Georgia um, – Georgia was like fav- favored in the Bama SC championship game. They got beat by 17. They got their ass kicked. Maybe Nick Saban does that again. And maybe we're all wrong. And this Georgia team is not that dominant. I don't know. So maybe, like, there's still a lot of season to play out. God forbid, but you know, like, you know, it is the SEC. So like injuries can happen and all that kind of stuff. And you don't want that to happen, obviously, but it's just, there's a lot of things that could still happen where I don't know. I'm praying for like Todd Munkin to be like, I don't want to, you know what? I found the Lord and I'd like to become a Mormon uh, minister and I'm going to go door to door and like, just find something besides ruining every defensive coordinator's hopes and dreams on Saturdays. Cause they, they are so fucking talented. Well, you know, what's weird about the Georgia thing now is that like, they're not waiting. They don't, they don't get into a game and like, Hey, let's, let's, we know we got a 60 minute game. We're going to, we're going to come out and just like take their will and, and we'll run the football and, It'll be this methodical thing. It's like, no, let's put this fucking, let's put this away like fucking seven minutes in. And then just, Setson Bennett was taking fucking selfies in the stands with eight yeah. minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, oh, they, what? They, they scored on eight of the first nine possessions. They were averaging 10 yards of play before the backups came in. Uh, they were up 45 nothing going into the fourth quarter. They gave up, I mean, they gave this, up isn't, this is my favorite part. They gave it's up not a, an FCS they gave team up they're a, playing here. No. And a lot of people don't. Let's not forget that people thought the South Carolina was going to somehow upset Georgia. That's that's the whole thing. It's it's the same thing with Auburn, where it's like they're going to get upset. Why? Why? Give me a factual. Give me a reason rooted in logic or what you're watching in football that makes you think Georgia's going to lose a fucking game because it's not going to happen. There's there's nothing. There's nothing you can say to me right now, even with Bama, that would be like maybe Ohio State, but I don't know if that defense can stop them. I don't know if any defense can, but like. There's there's not a team in the country that I think you could you could say well for 60 minutes they're going to line up and not get beat like against this Georgia team. I, I just it is my favorite part was this 
they gave up. They're already up like 14, nothing or seven, nothing or something. It, the game felt like it was out of reach and it was in the first quarter and they get this 46 yard completion to, to Jaheim Bell. And it's the, it's the longest play they've given up all year. It was over 40 yards. They hadn't given, they've only given up going into that game. They only give up two plays over 20 yards. That was the third in three games. The next play, they got an interception. Yeah. It's a uh, fucking this is nightmare. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, just side note before we move on from this game and play a couple voicemails we got as well. Um, did you see the part where the the band was like, or not the band, but the students were still on the field and Shane Beamer was like trying what? to run a play. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Did you see that? It was part? Like fourth and six. Yeah. Yeah. So did you see that? Like, I kind of felt like Kirby was yelling at him from across the field. Like, did you see, did you get that vibe at all? Like, like Kirby I didn't was pissed. see any of that. Like, because I, I thought I saw, and some of the um, listeners will have to let us know if they thought the same. He was like yelling at, at Shane Beamer, like, you know, some fucking operation you guys are running over here. And then they get the stop and Kirby just, just went absolutely nuts. Like, I didn't see this fired at all. Up. Okay. So yeah, okay, let's go back and watch it. As, like, I said this as an assumption the other day on the, on the show. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure Kirby and, and Shane Beamer are friends. I just assumed that everybody was like, they coached together, I thought. And like, like, Logan Booker tweeted this. And I don't know if he was joking or kidding, but I love Logan Booker. He's a guy from 960 AM he, in, in Athens. And he brought up the fact he said, he said, it's very well known that that Kirby doesn't like Shane Beamer. And I was like, oh, God. And then you saw the, I don't know if you saw the gif where he gets this, they get the stop and he goes, first down, motherfucker. And like, and like does this, like, Jesus. Um, I miss it. All right, look, I, I think we got a, we got a couple of voicemails from this one. Um, and then we'll move okay. on to the next game. If you're Carolina, you know, they, they already, they lost. Two of their starting linebackers before this game. They, they Cam Smith did not play in this game. Yeah, and certainly defensively, you had some major losses, but that was that was definitely no fluke. Um, and you can't hang your your hat to, or you can't you can't hang your head too low. I mean, no, George's gonna be doing this to a lot of people. All right, here we go. What up, Huck and Marler? This Peyton talking about some dogs beating the hell out of South Carolina. It's a shame they had to whoop up on him that bad in front of Shane's daddy, Frank Beamer. I live up in Virginia now, and everyone loves Frank Beamer like Jesus himself. But the way the South Carolina fans rolled out in the second half, you think Shane was the fucking devil. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a respectful game, but since they put the Georgia team's Hotel info out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. They cut the air conditioning off. I think they had an ass fucking coming to them after that. And fucking timeouts in the second quarter going into halftime. Mm. You'd think he'd be a little bit more respectable as a former GA, but hell, go dogs. Love the show. <laughs> Thanks, dude. That was good. I love that, man. Yeah, I tell you what, Peyton sounds like a reasonable guy, and all of that was really spot on. Like, that is, I see. And okay, so Bama apparently brought their own air conditioning uh, because of like they're not having AC or whatever at Texas. And I thought it was like this like genius move. And then and then I heard rumors about this happening on Saturday, 
Did you see what Georgia did to the visitors' locker room? They no. installed a full-on uh, HVAC unit. <laughs> like they, they installed, like I mean, of course they did. It, like that's funny. It was incredible. Anyway, play the next one. <laughs> hey guys, no, I want to call about my Georgia Bulldogs, but now that I'm, I would I moved to North Carolina. I became uh, an app stand. What a day, fight friend. I love those guys. But I know that's not SEC related, but I know my dogs did pretty good. My dogs, they did pretty good. Other than giving up that touchdown, if I run it back, it was a number 14 that gave up touchdown, just like in 2017-18 championship, a number 14 gave up touchdown. But there's no idea there. I call. Not, not that this guy is uh, bitter about that. <laughs> All for it. Yeah. The map state, Mountaineers. That game is awesome. Boom County, Boom County. <laughs> but that's all. Thanks for the for the show, guys. I enjoy listening to y'all show. Hope y'all had a good week three of football. See y'all talk to y'all soon. That guy was all great. Right. Yeah, I like that a man. lot. That's yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah, good, good for good for App State, man. What a, what an oh, absolutely yeah. incredible. Outside of the fact that I, I had Troy money line, that was a tough loss. You took the Troy money line. Yeah, not a bad took, pick. Yeah, I took the Troy money line. Because um, what action? By the way, I, I I hate to shout out. Um, actually, I can't give it out. I can't give it out. But Mike Ionello, uh I'm sorry, not Mike, not uh, Calabrese. He yeah. does a podcast for Action Network where they t- cover only yeah. Group of Five, and they're they're fucking spot on with their shit, dude. It's oh, good, great, man. And he had that one. He was like, "It's a little bit of a shot, but Troy on the money line might not be a bad play." Um, we, we I I reached out to Colin Wilson too. I ran into him at the um, at Media Days. He's like their main guy for college football. I love yeah, his stuff. And actually, good, I, yeah. I, I will shout them out all day because they do great work. And, and he reached back out. We need to get him on the pod and just and and maybe do like a segment with him each week or not each week, but you know every once in a while because. That, that, like the stuff that they have is so in depth and great. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. So anyway, let's go to the next game. Um. All right. So the next game is LSU Mississippi State. This one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what you picked. I, I definitely picked LSU to win this game. I don't know that I was. My reasoning was solely because it was a night game in Death Valley. Yeah. <laughs> and they're underdogs at home in that situation. You got to go with LSU at least with the points. But man, LSU was impressive in this game. What do you think? So, what a resilient team, and and it also cracks me up a little bit because it's. It, I think LSU is a perfect example of one of those teams that we might have rushed to judgment on, where the sky's falling because they lose to Florida State, and you know because of what we think we know about Florida State. Now Florida State's three and zero, right? Yeah. And and so a one point loss to them doesn't look as bad. And I tell you what, they looked bad at times during that game, um, and it was the first game of the Brian Kelly era and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I will say also is you're down in this game. And I, again, I want to pat myself on the back. I fucking nailed this. I had, I had Mississippi state to win the first quarter and Mississippi state to score first because of what they did in the first quarter and and LSU to win. And, and luckily that that's exactly how it played out. But what, what a resilient effort from this team. Like we're like, and and now you look at like, you kind of take, take a step back and what you saw a couple of weeks ago against Florida state where they almost come back. And I know, you know, there's no moral victories and whatnot, but like, that's a 
that's a big, big. Yeah, they're the down 13 points. They're down 13 points in this game to a team that's been really good and beat you there last time. And as they yeah. had, I think they had won or covered in in five straight SEC road games. Like, it, you know, Will Rogers, the most efficient quarterback in the country, coming into the game. Um, a lot of great stuff out of LSU. I think what surprised me is that I just got a text during the show. So shout out to Mickey, uh, Jeremy, my 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 boy from Baton Rouge, one of my good friends. We're gonna see here in the next month or so when we go down there and visit for our yearly game. Um, he sent me this text during the show. He said, uh, it's a tweet from Cordy Warsham who said, Jaden Daniels is the highest graded rusher in the country, regardless of position through three weeks per PFF college. He has 256 uh, rushing yards, not including sack yards, 10 missed tackles for us, 109 yards after contact, 11 runs of 10, 10 or more yards and 11 first downs. So pays off, I guess, to have Jaden Daniels come in and even, you know, there's some highs and lows with him as a, as a QB because he does make mistakes from time to time. Again, but the defense stepped up. Like the the whole team, it was that felt like a little bit of a I don't want to say it's not 2019 LSU, right? But it felt a little bit like a vintage LSU team that was like found themselves in a situation where they were, you know, not looking great and, and probably should have lost. And they're like, fuck that. <laughs> they get 21 points in the fourth quarter and basically just like, hey, we're still LSU. Suck that tiger dick, bitch. That's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's um you know it's it's rare to have the dysfunction that they had in that program. Um obviously mm-hmm. they get rid of Orgeron, but then even from game one, show resiliency yeah. under a brand new coach, a guy now the transfer portal does help with this stuff. I think mm-hmm. I think the transfer portal really helps a lot of these first year coaches just kind of have a mix of hey, okay, I actually recruited these guys in. And all these other guys that I took over on this roster, like if you take over an entire roster where you didn't recruit any of the guys, you could have some real issues in that year one right. of just trying to build a culture. I'd say through three games, LSU's shown a lot of resiliency. And as a yeah. Florida State fan, really glad we caught them in game one because I think by the end Man, of the year... I'm glad I called that guy. Right. I'm glad we had them game one because I think by the end of the year, this is going to be a dangerous team. I mean, if Daniel yeah. stays healthy... Another 100 rushing yards in this game. Over 300 yards of total offense for him. Three touchdowns. Um, Armani Goodwin had a really good game at back. John Emery's back now. I don't know what's going on with Keyshawn Butte. Only 31 yards in this game. I I don't know what's going on with him. How about... uh, Yeah, I I I think part of that is... I have a feeling after what I watched in week one, I don't know this and I'm not around the program or anything like that, but from the outside looking in, pure speculation, it looks like that kid thinks he might be a little bit bigger than the program maybe. And yeah. is, and, and just assumed he was going to be like the highlight of the offense. And I don't think that Brian Kelly is going to do that. Um, right. But also, so my most impressive or my biggest takeaway from this, you brought up all the stuff on offense. And I think that is what you want to see if you're LSU, like, yeah. like, it, you know, but how about the fucking defense? Yeah. Like holding Mississippi state to 289 yards. It's only the second time they've been held under 300 yards in the last two seasons. That's the lowest, like it's the lowest amount of total yards they've had under Mike Leach since the 2020 season in year one. Um, But fuck man, like that is like they were, they were putting up before this game. um, You're talking about like 550 yards against Memphis over 400 uh, against uh, what do you call it? Against Arizona. And then the other part of it is like, Will Rogers putting up 300 yards like 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 it was nothing. It's seeming seemingly every game, and then you know goes into into LSU, 
And a defense that I don't think that we thought looked that good, they looked really good. Yeah, yeah. I You're right to point out the defense. I mean, 214 yards passing in a Mike Leach offense, I don't think that happens regularly. So No, I'm looking at the numbers um, right now. It does not. We got a, a bunch of voicemails. Uh, we'll, we'll play one for this game. Chris, D-Huck. Oh, shit. Come on, guys. I'm just happy after that LSU-Mississippi State game. Such a clean, hard-fought game. Our Tigers came out tonight. Defense played lights out. Pitches shut out in the second half. They played hard. I think we have outcoached Mississippi State, and I'm proud of my team. Any any win in the SEC West this year is going to be golden. And I'm just happy because football's back. Here's a little profanity warning. <laughs> Suck that target dick. that is awesome that is fantastic is that that's incredible man i love that's great man what a voicemail thanks for calling uh also forget guys that's the third time that 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 um that's the third lowest total yards or passing yards that uh that they've had um in Mike, since Mike Leach has been there, they they got held to like 163 against like Tulsa and Bama did it in 2020, but no, they haven't been close to only 214 since then. That's it, that that is a good point you made. Um, yeah, so so that's uh, but don't forget, guys, gotta call us on our line. Um, yeah, 424 Uh, we're definitely playing the best, the ones that we find the most entertaining, so definitely give us a call. We got a call on this game as well. We got to talk about it. How do you think the guys who, after week one, jumped all over the Anthony Richardson Heisman ticket are feeling at this point? I mean, I thought I definitely jumped on the Dan Mullins an idiot for not playing him train and all that kind of shit. The Heisman thing was so dumb just because, like, at best, this is like a nine or ten win team even then. So what the fuck? Like, that's a dumb bet. Um, but yeah, it's bad. What is what happened, dude? I, I mean, I think if you can, uh, easier said than done, obviously. But USF just did it. If you can keep Richardson in the pocket and make him throw, he's not a great. He's not a great passer, Chris. He doesn't even have a. He still doesn't have a touchdown pass this year. So that I didn't know. I did not know that <laughs> he's got five interceptions and zero touchdowns. And then Cole Kublik's tweeting out a fucking video of him dunking from the free throw line today which like, i love cole i was just so confused like when i when i saw i was like what is happening you know that he has the lowest rated qbr of any college quarterback in florida out of the eight quarterbacks it at, at, at fbs schools in florida he has the lowest qbr I, I i don't know i have nothing i have nothing to like i just kind of you saw it in week one where he comes out and is like incredible but and he has three touchdowns it's all rushing the football I don't know. Also, I could not get over this. And this is stupid and unimportant. But USF's quarterback's name was Jerry Bohannon. Yeah, Jerry with a G. I don't know a single fucking male <laughs> named Jerry that's under the age of 50. <laughs> let alone Jerry with a G. Right. I just, I mean, Jerry Bohannon has one yard of the month for like, a decade plus in Foxwoods Manor. Like I just, that is, that's incredible. Yeah. That, I couldn't, I couldn't get over that, but no, back to the Richardson thing. 
Richardson, like he didn't he he didn't do anything well. No, no, I, I mean all the way down to, I mean his two turnovers both cost them dearly. He had one that yeah. that um led immediately to a touchdown for USF, and then he had yeah. team down on first and goal. He checked out of a run that was called to a, pl- a pass play and tried to throw it to Justin Shorter uh, on a back shoulder and got picked off in the end zone. Um, I'm going to be honest. Florida was lucky to win this game. Yeah, they, yeah, they should have lost. I mean, talk about one of the all-time worst snap holds of all time for the USF guy, by the way. Yeah. yeah um, he really fumbled that one. But, I mean, they were down. I thought this would I be mean, a blowout. Uh, just insane. Like they were down 28, 24 and they got it. They picked Jerry Bohannon, um, gave Florida the short field and they were able yeah. to go down and score and, and take the victory. But I mean, 23 and a half point home favorites. Um, South, well, see, and a lot of people were taking South Florida on that line. I said to take the first quarter cause South Florida has been so South Florida was outscored seven, nothing in the first quarter versus Howard a week ago. Howard. <laughs> Who the fuck is Howard? <laughs> Howard and Jerry Bohannon. Yeah. Like, that's a ticket I'd, I'd vote for, brother, uh, buddy. But, I mean, yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't, it, it was so, like, it's a, it's cause for concern. And I tell you what, one fan base, besides Georgia Twitter, that loves to see it more than anyone, they go to Knoxville this weekend. Yeah. Oh, do yeah. the eyebrow that- thing again. That was cool. The the <laughs> so they go to Knoxville this weekend with college game day being there and fucking CBS putting it as a three thirty game with only one win in the last like 16, 17 years. Tennessee is going to annihilate this Florida team. And what is going to ensue from that in Knoxville is gonna be potentially like what we saw at the Ole Miss Bama game 2014 when fucking Katy Perry was there. And like, it just the entire party, that party is not going to stop. Just don't lose that game I, if you're Tennessee. Oh well, man, that'd be <laughs> hilarious to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, so that, a lot of problems, man, a lot of problems for Florida. I don't uh, Yeah. I, I'll be very interested to watch this game coming up in Knoxville. Uh, I, that could get, I think either Tennessee wins in a blowout, or Florida wins that game close. I think yeah. it's one or the other. Um, all right, we did have our resident Florida fan. It's a two-minute-long voicemail, and Google was not able to have a oh, transcription God. for some reason, so I have no idea what's about to come. Hey, guys. This is, uh, you know. By the way, every voicemail, the exact same, starts the exact same way. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Just... That's why I know there's about to be some gold in this voicemail. Water yeah. residents. <sighs> I dreaded even calling this line tonight. I didn't know if I was going to do it or not. But I decided to say, fuck it. I'm calling. I don't know what in the entire hell is going on. Um, I've never seen anything like this a quarterback that everyone knows can throw the ball has gone to 
he's basically a glorified tight end that attempts passes now. I, I, I just I don't know what in the entire hell is going on with AR right now. Um, it's sad, and we have a long way to go. And I and I hope you know it, it's something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't have a freaking clue of what's going on. Just uh, I mean. I don't know. Do, do you do we continue to go with this? I mean, my man's clearly he's in disarray. I don't take any joy in this, by the way, even though I am a Florida State guy. I'm not taking any joy in the misery. Um, there's a lot. There was a lot going on in this game, and um, hey, at least you won it. I mean, take it from me, coming from a guy who lost to an FCS school last year on a last second play. Least Napier finds a way to win. At the end of the year, maybe they pick up some steam. This is just water under the bridge. It's far away in the distance. No one remembers. Obviously, if we lose the game, a lot of people remember that. So, you know, at least you can take consolation in the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be, I, at least you can't negative recruit me on the fact that I lost to USF. If you're a Miami or a Florida State or a Georgia or a Clemson or whoever, um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it was an interesting night in Gainesville. Um, I am shocked that it was that close. Um, so we'll see what happens. Let me let me play one more here that's kind of off topic, but I wanted to play it because it was a, another voicemail that mainly because he talked about Florida State. So play that. Hey, uh, it's Friday evening. Uh, down here in Georgia, um, and I normally would have said that real football wasn't going to come on today because um, I've been pretty irritated at, at Florida State since uh, t- 2013, I guess. Uh, but I'll be damned if uh, listening to Huck all the damn time going on about Florida State didn't convince me to sit down and watch him today. So I guess thanks for turning me on to an extra day of football. And uh, I hope you and Uncle Chris have yourself a wonderful evening and uh, be well. And at War Damn Eagle. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, you know, if anything, Florida State's at least entertaining. Um, personally, I know nobody tunes into this show to listen about Florida State, but uh, I think they're probably going to have to get rid of their D coordinator. But I- I'm I'm very happy with what Norvell has done with the team thus far. Um, this year um so i think if he can ultimately build that depth of talent continue to get better players i think he'll make it and he'll do really well um speaking of that same quincy avery guy so i don't know if you guys know who that is but he's just um he's like a quarterback guru he handles a lot of the big time quarterback recruits um and pro guys um so he he actually tweeted out that he thinks that florida state will be um challenging clemson not miami um will be challenging clemson as the second best and then maybe ultimately the best team in the acc again so because of how good of a coach norvell is so hopefully he's right on that for for my sake um i let's see i wanted to pause real quick because thank god we're not live i think chris might be needing a, a break so 
why don't we pause and um if he's not back in a couple minutes then certainly um i don't know we'll let that at this part out one hour 15 All right, I'm just going to finish this out. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on Arkansas. So, I, I obviously, we're all fans of um, Pittman on the show. And I think, ultimately, I probably would be sad for Arkansas fans if they would have lost. But in the moment, it would have been pretty damn funny for them to lose to Bobby Petrino and an FCS Missouri State at home. Um, they were down 10 at one point. Um, he had three touchdowns in the last basically 11 and a half minutes to finally break away and win, man, uh, that would have been something else. If Petrino had come in there with an FCS school, the place where the infamous motorcycle wreck happened and that picture just hilarious. Um, I just, that, that would have been insane. I think if I wouldn't be that concerned if you're an Arkansas fan, obviously the team was not up for the game. It can happen sometimes in games like this. Um, they just came off a big win. Um, they're playing A&M next week. So it's like, I can see it's just a little sandwich spot. You're not going to get juiced up for a game like this. Um, but man, that, that was, that was crazy. I remember looking at the bottom line um, and seeing that, I mean, they were up. Missouri State at one point was up seventeen nothing, um, like in the second quarter. Uh, so just insane, but good for Arkansas for um, for for pulling that one out. And then I also wanted to shout out uh, Ole Miss. Man, um, I sp- spoke about my buddy that was in Vegas. I told him to take Ole Miss minus sixteen and the under in that game, and Ole Miss comes out fires forty two to nothing on Tech. Collins isn't going to last much longer there. Uh, that's for sure. Um, maybe Coach Prime goes up to, to Georgia Tech. But, man, um, big win for Ole Miss. I mean, really good on the day. 547 yards of total offense to a measly 214. Held Georgia Tech to 53 rushing yards. Really good effort by the defense to shut out Georgia Tech. Um, Zach Evans is an absolute beast. I think he got a two-headed monster there with uh, him and uh, Quinchon Judkins. Uh, looks like Jackson darts the guy at this point. So you will just see how he does um, going forward. But, you know, the good thing for Ole Miss, I mean, well, I would shouldn't say the good thing, but at this point, I still don't know what Ole Miss is. You've had Troy, which I think you kind of slept walk through that game. They only won the game 28, 10. You've got, you've played central Arkansas and now Georgia tech, who I think ultimately will end up being one of the worst power five teams this year. So, you don't really have a test next week against Tulsa. That first Saturday in October, uh, the first versus number eight Kentucky or currently number eight Kentucky, that's going to be the test. I mean, but if you look at this, I mean, Troy, Central Arkansas Tech, you've already played 3-0. Tulsa, you go to 4-0. Let's put that Kentucky game aside. After that, you go Vandy, uh, an Auburn team who at that point, who knows will, who will even be the coach at that point. And then you got LSU in Baton Rouge. Ole Miss's schedule is setting up lightly for them right now. It's 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 nice. Now that Kentucky game is going to be big. What can you do against Kentucky? Back part of that schedule where you go to LSU, to A&M versus Bama, to Arkansas, followed up by the Egg Bowl. 
very tough. So if they can get past that Kentucky game in a couple weeks, I'm going to be looking at uh, uh, going over that win total. Um, so, so, but yeah, great, great game for, for Kiffin and Ole Miss. And um, it'll be certainly interesting to see what they do in that Kentucky game coming up in a couple weeks. So, um, all right, well, Hey, look, we're going to sign off. I think Chris had to jump early. So if, uh, if you're here just for Chris, first off, fuck off. I'm awesome. And secondly, sorry that you didn't get to hear him for t- towards the end here. But uh, we will be back, as always, this Wednesday to record our Week 4 Picks and Preview podcast. And again, we'll remind you guys on Wednesday, but don't forget to call in to the, to the um, voicemails. They are fun as shit to listen to. We don't play all of them. We, play, we try to play ones that we think are, are at least entertaining and aren't too long. Uh, but the, the number four two four four three zero 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 four five. Go go listen. Uh, go give us a call whenever. It doesn't have to be on game day. You could call us during the week. Maybe we'll play some on the Wednesday shows if you guys come through and say, "Hey, give us a best bet." It doesn't even have to be an SEC game. I mean, you guys heard me. I bet Hawaii plus seventy live the other week. So I mean, we're we're degenerates. We we will take if you got a bet on Villanova Army, give it to us. We want to we want to hear the inside edge. I mean. I was on SMU Maryland over this week, and that didn't come close to hitting, but I was still on it. I was on Syracuse and the Purdue game. I mean, so let's go. Call us. Maybe we'll play. We'll start playing some of those voicemails on the Wednesday preview show. So for Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Peace.